Welcome to the Madcast. This is a podcast that strives to bring the church world and the art world closer together. My name is Matt Anderson, and I'm glad you can join us this week. In honor of Independence Day this week, I wanted to combine my love for this country with a great and important instance in which art brought new life to it and our country. But to do that, we must first go to a time which saw, besides maybe the Civil War, the greatest era of division in our country. We turn the clock back over 50 years to what was then a little-known country called Vietnam. As with Thailand, South Vietnam receives invaluable assistance from the United States in giving punch to this determination. Equipment and material with which to build an effective military strength and expert advice in the know-how of operating the tools and equipment of modern war. There is a war going on in uh, South Vietnam. I think uh, last week there were over 500 uh, killings, assassinations, uh, bombings. The United States, since the end of the uh, Geneva Accord, setting up the South Vietnamese government as an independent government, has been assisting Vietnam. It's been a long time since such jolly pictures have come from South Vietnam, but these men have reason to grin. They're boarding Air Force jets to fly back to the States, to home and Christmas. For it means more than just Christmas leave. It means the beginning of permanent reduction of American servicemen in this still strife-torn country. It is my duty to the American people to report that renewed hostile actions against United States ships on the high seas in the Gulf of Tonkin have today required me to order the military forces of the United States to take action in reply. It was pretty bad. We kind of walked right into a ambush. And uh, we hit the, hit the ground. Tried to look around for trees. There's elephant grass out there about three foot high. And to look over that, uh, snappers could pick you up real easily and let you have it. Does it uh, frighten you now to think about it? Yes, it does.
It is the 14th of September, and this is the beginning of Phase 3 of Operation Donshi 261. Troops of the 21st Infantry Division, Army of the Republic of Vietnam, are conducting the operation to wipe out the Viet Cong in the Delta country of the 4th Corps area. They, uh, we can't reach those big guns and they just keep dropping in. There's nothing you can do. It's like being a big bullseye on top of a hill. And uh, you're just sitting there waiting. You can't be safe, you can be lucky. That's it. You can't be safe, you can be lucky. That's it. Stuff landing all over, bouncing off you. And uh, get just as scared every time. And it gets worse. The closer they get, the more they throw the more you get scared when you get up. It's a wonderful feeling just to be alive, to be able to walk around after one of those. General, how would you uh, assess yesterday's activities and today's? What is the enemy doing? Are these major attacks or... That's uh, EOD setting off a couple of M79 uh, duds, I believe. General, how would you assess the enemy's uh, purposes yesterday and today? Uh, the, the enemy very deceitfully has taken advantage of the Tet Truce in order to uh, create max, maximum consternation uh, within uh, South Vietnam, uh, particularly in the populated areas. It seems now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. But it is increasingly clear to this reporter that the only rational way out then will be to negotiate, not as victors, but as an honorable people who lived up to their pledge to defend democracy and did the best they could. Accordingly, I shall not seek and I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. Never has so much military, economic, and diplomatic power been used so ineffectively as in Vietnam. If after all of this time and all of this sacrifice and all of this support, there is still no end in sight, then I say the time has come for the American people to turn to new leadership, not tied to the policies and mistakes of the past. I pledge to you, we shall have an honorable end to the war in Vietnam. If there are any conclusions to be drawn from this pre-dawn attack, it's this, that the North Vietnamese are capable of coming through South Vietnamese lines like a sieve.
president of the United States said nothing you young kids would do would have any effect on him. Well, I suggest to the president of the United States if he want to know how much effect you youngsters can have on the president, he should make one long distance phone call to the LBJ ranch and ask that boy how much effect you can have. Devaye is the lone medic in the platoon. He's scared, scared from the moment he gets out of the chopper to the moment it picks him up. Scared that someday he's going to get killed picking up a wounded buddy. Jorgensen just became a sergeant, but he doesn't like it. He'd rather be up walking point where the action is. He's already got three purple hearts, so everybody calls him hero. Then there's Lieutenant Hubley. Everybody calls him blue. That's his radio call. Blue didn't want to come to Vietnam, and he'd much rather be a businessman than a soldier. But right now, he's in charge of the lives of 21 men. sudden I heard the shooting. And then I saw people dropping to the ground and then I fell to the ground also because <laughs> I couldn't walk anymore. And... What the investigators have to determine then is whether indeed there was a sniper and whether the guard was justified in firing its weapons or whether as some people here believe the guard, under the pressure of a rock-throwing attack, panicked and fired its weapons indiscriminately, killing four people. I sympathize with them greatly. I believe that I came back from Vietnam in 1967, and here it is 1971. I still haven't seen uh, the end of the war in sight yet. He says he's winding the war down. I, I still see massive reports of casualties of Vietnamese people themselves who I identify greatly with. I consider them just as much a human being as Americans. And I, I'm appalled that, that five years, four to five years have gone by since I've come back and that they're still going on. Chu called on his army to defend South Vietnam and the United States to give the country maximum fire support. He said that the enemy drive south from the demilitarized zone is intended to force the Nixon administration in a presidential election year to withdraw its support from South Vietnam. United States military command has acknowledged the loss of two more B-52s in the North Vietnam bombing missions. This brings to 10 the number of the giant bombers down by North Vietnamese anti-aircraft fire since Monday. I have asked for this radio and television time tonight for the purpose of announcing that we today have concluded an agreement to end the war and bring peace with honor in Vietnam. At 12.30 Paris time today, January 23, 1973, 
The agreement on ending the war and restoring peace in Vietnam was initialed by Dr. Henry Kissinger on behalf of the United States and Special Advisor Lee Duc Tho on behalf of the Democratic Republic of Vietnam. Assuming the worst, Mr. President, that there is a resumption of hostilities, are you confident now that without the Americans you can continue to fight against the North Vietnamese successfully? I think that the, if the uh, communists violate the ceasefire agreement and if they wage the new war, the, the war will rebegin with the, the new condition. Not only the Vietnamese people will fight, but I think the, the war will, will have a participation of many other wars. but everyone knew this was the end. Saigon was about to fall. Soon the war would be over. As they pulled back, they brought with them a wounded Viet Cong, a young woman commando they had been fighting. Now the enemy, soon the victor. By the time the Vietnam War had concluded for the United States, almost 41,000 were killed in action. Over 9,000 were killed in military accidents. Over 5,000 died from their wounds. There were 382 suicides. In total, the number of casualties and dead was just over 58,000. But that does not begin to paint the picture of the physical, mental, and emotional anguish of the soldiers who came back home not just to heal and cope with what they had personally experienced, but also to deal with a number of Americans who did not welcome them home or welcome them home with chants of baby killer and other taunts. Many soldiers felt like men without a country. It was 1979 and Jan Scruggs had an idea. As a wounded and decorated Vietnam War veteran, he had returned from the conflict and pursued an education. As a graduate student at American University in 1977, he testified before a Senate committee regarding veterans having better access to health care. Two years later, Scruggs watched the movie The Deer Hunter, the Academy Award-winning film about three friends who try to cope after the Vietnam War. As he watched it, Jan was reminded of 12 of his buddies in war who died when an ammunition truck they were unloading exploded. He could still see their faces, but it was getting difficult to remember all their names. In that moment, he recognized that everyone who died in Southeast Asia also had a name to be remembered and a story to tell. From there, he began to obsess about establishing a memorial to honor those who served in one of the country's most divisive actions. Scruggs thought it would be desperately needed by veterans in order for them to be properly honored but it would also be needed by citizens and civilians 
as a way of finally bringing our country together over Vietnam and provide healing. Starting with only $2,800, he began to connect with others who believed in the project, although it was slow at first. Many were afraid to remove the scabs caused by Vietnam and wanted to leave it in the soon-forgotten past. But with the help of a United States senator, eventually Congress passed legislation and dedicated an area near the Lincoln Memorial for the remembrance. Now that ground for the memorial had been established came the biggest question of all. What would this look like? In an unprecedented move, the planning committee decided to have an open competition to any American over the age of 18, professional or non-professional. However, each design had to adhere to four main rules. That the memorial be, number one, reflective and contemplative in character. Two, be harmonious with its site and environment. Three, make no political statement about the war itself. And four, contain the names of all who died or remain missing. In all, 1,421 entries were received and evaluated. Finally, the winning entry was chosen and announced. It was designed by Maya Lin, a 21-year-old from Athens, Ohio who at the time was a senior at Yale University. Her design was surprisingly simple. A V-shaped chevron dug from the earth at the site. It would feature two walls containing the names of those who were dead and missing from Vietnam. Though most Americans were supportive of the selection, A few influential people voiced their disapproval rather loudly. Tom Carhart, a veteran and lawyer who initially was behind the project, ended up testifying before the Commission of Fine Arts against the design. He said, quote, One needs no artistic education to see this design for what it is, a black trench that scars them all. Black walls, the universal color of shame and sorrow and degradation. Maya Lin had conceived her design as creating a park within a park, a quiet, protected place unto itself, yet harmonious with the overall plan of Constitution Gardens. To achieve this effect, she chose polished black granite for the walls. Its mirror-like surface reflects the images of the surrounding trees and lawns and monuments. The memorial's walls point to both the Washington Monument and Lincoln Memorial, thus bringing the memorial into the historical context of our country. The names are inscribed in the chronological order of their dates of casualty, showing the war as a series of individual human sacrifices and giving each name a special place in history. However, many of the critics of the design argued that it wasn't patriotic at all, that there was no flag, there was no definite statue honoring those who had served in the conflict. 
By early 1982, a compromise was struck. It was agreed that a statue in the form of Vietnam soldiers would also be built on the site of the memorial. But the original design would continue. But even as the monument was being constructed, no one could have fully realized the impact it would have. At some point during its construction, a stranger appeared on the construction site. He was carrying a box larger than his hand. The mysterious person mentioned to the contractor that his brother had fought in Vietnam and after his death had received the Purple Heart. So as a tribute, he asked if that Purple Heart which he had brought with him could now be placed in the concrete that would be used for the foundation of the memorial. It would be the first of many such offerings at the site. The Vietnam War Memorial has to be experienced personally to be fully appreciated. What to some looked like a dark trench cut out of the earth would end up becoming a place of honor a site of reverence. It would evolve from being a tourist attraction to a pilgrimage. If you have ever been there, you know whereof I speak. The site of the wall is practically holy ground, and a reverential awe pervades the entire site. Even though thousands are there at any one point, it seems that you are alone. As one scans the many panels containing 58,320 names, there is an almost irresistible urge to touch them, to have the sensation of feeling the engraved names of those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. But the artist knew. Maya Lin knew when she designed it. She knew the emotions that it would emit, necessary emotions that honestly have brought healing and resolution to untold millions. It has done more than any documentary, any film, or any speech could have ever accomplished. When her design was being judged for the competition, here is what some of the jurors had to say. Many people will not comprehend this design until they experience it. It will be a better memorial if it's not entirely understood at first. Confused times need simple forms. The artist knew. And it is a good reminder, I think, that the artist ultimately knows. The artist of our life knows what he's doing too. Sometimes we only see our lives two-dimensionally. We think we have the full picture, but the truth is we don't have a clue. But how wonderful to know that the Creator knows what He is doing at all times. And if we just submit to the process, He will make something beautiful of us and through us. Now, one thing no one could have prepared for 
is a ritual that has continued since that first Purple Heart was left during the pouring of the foundation. Daily, loved ones, friends, even acquaintances leave tributes, remembrances, and trinkets at the wall as a way of honoring those they knew and loved. Many medals are left, along with dog tags, uniform insignia, and Vietnamese currency. But the trinkets can also range from the practical to the ridiculous. Teddy bears, notes from grandchildren, unopened letters, football helmets, chess sets, and even one grenade. In total, about 250,000 items have been left at the wall since its construction. And every one of those items, at least those that were non-perishable, have all been cataloged and kept in a storage facility in Maryland. They are left not only as mementos, but almost as offerings of grief and finality. The wall has somehow become the place where people can can go or, or they can begin to heal from the losses of the Vietnam War. And if you have had the chance to see it in person, I guarantee at some point you will see someone who finds the name of a loved one, possibly does a rubbing of the name, or at least places their hand on the name and keeps it there for a prolonged period of time, and then weeps and wipes their tears, and if they too were a soldier, they'll salute and they eventually walk away. It is the second most visited site in Washington, D.C., behind only the White House. Not even the planners and fundraisers could have foreseen the healing and beauty that this has brought. Wounds have been healed and men and women who did their duty are properly honored. The wall has become one of the few places in our country that is void of politics and personal aggrandizement. At the wall, it doesn't matter if you're white, brown, or black, Democrat or Republican, red state or blue state, conservative or liberal, here we are pilgrims honoring the lives of those who truly deserve it. Many did not want to go. They they had other plans. They had to go, and go, they did. And now they will not be forgotten. As our country now faces similar strife and division, we need a Maya Lin who will use art to remind us of Abraham Lincoln's great words at his second inaugural address. With the Civil War still raging on, he said, quote, We are not enemies, but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic chords of memory will swell when again touched, as surely they will be by the better angels of our nature. Lines are being drawn. Sides are being taken. Schisms are being realized. It is 
now that the artist must have her say. It is now that the artist soar above the daily mire of political gamesmanship and deal-making to be used by God as an agent of healing. It must be the artist who reminds us of eternal truths and enduring principles. It must be the artist who has been redeemed and inspired by Christ, who can construct or create something to bring us back to what we know to be already true. Will you be that artist? We sang it late, sang it long. Lit our flames, they were strong It took so long But we fought on and on One more fighting song One more man Gathered round, round the flames Different colors, one race You could see the gaze The face of hope beyond One more fighting song One more American song We sang it took so long, but our hearts beat as one, just one beating strong, one more fighting song. Thank you for listening to An American Art Story, and we appreciate you being a part of the Madcast. Our music is by Sound of Fusion, and we hope to see you again soon. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more info on our books and resources, go to mattministry.com. Thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. <laughs>